Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Great America Show. I'm Lou Dobbs. Great to have you with us today. In the midst of the political battle for the soul of America between the corrupt Biden regime and their allies, the deep state, against the Republican-led House, there is, as well, a war in Ukraine that the Biden regime is intent on supporting, so far without putting any of our troops in harm's way. But this desperate White House is capable of taking the country in that direction without even a moment's hesitation or notice. Secretary of State Tony Blinken today announcing he's sending another billion dollars of taxpayer money to Zelensky. We have no idea why we're spending American money and only American money in Ukraine. Why do we have over 100,000 American troops in Eastern Europe? Where are the Europeans? The president is not only impaired, but compromised. He and his son have received millions of dollars from the Chinese communists. Are they aligned with communist China? It's a serious question because they've permitted Chinese expansion throughout this hemisphere, indeed around the globe, They've depleted our strategic petroleum reserves, but sold oil to China. They haven't challenged China or drawn a single red line on any issue with communist China. And in the Ukraine war, just where are those NATO troops? Where are the billions from Europeans? Our national security is at greater risk than at any time since the fall of the Soviet Union. And now we're taking up the American future with our panel of geopolitical experts, Gordon Chang and Tony Schaefer. And let's begin with you, Tony. What can we do about all of the threats that are facing this nation right now in the context of the, the geopolitics and also the the absolutely impaired, compromised president who has a 39% approval rating, uh, thinking about even possibly going to war with such a person in the Oval Office? Lou, the greatest strength we have is the competent leadership we, that still remains in the, in the military. That That is the one thing, the one variable that our enemies don't really understand. They, they've seen this movie before. Uh, they misinterpreted and saw weakness and invaded in North Korea. Uh, I think there were a number of dictators and right running up to World War II that felt that the United States would be weak. And we always came back. Uh, the question right now becomes, does that inherent embedded competence, which is displayed on a regular basis, we have the Army War College, Navy War College, no doubt it's being degraded by the DEI, the, this diversity, equity and inclusion narrative and effort. But it's the military is not dead yet. And that's what the, the enemy don't know. They just don't know how far gone we are. We are going in the wrong direction. And then you combine that with the obvious failed leadership of Joe Biden. 
And think about this for a second. You know, we, we talked about the Ukraine war a little bit uh, every show. Uh, one of the reasons Ukraine is not going well with the United States is because Joe Biden's in charge. Uh, I think Biden, uh, I think uh, Obama himself actually said uh, that anything that Biden touches turns to, you know, uh, contents of his of his depends undergarment. So I think that um, it's very clear that those the, the unknown is what is left of our military regarding competence? What could come back rapidly? Otherwise, I think the Chinese are convinced that Biden's weakness and frailty would result in a tepid if, or no response, no significant response in Taiwan. It's a very dangerous perception. And there's also the issue of Russia and what Russia is willing to do and not do when at the end of this month, you're going to see the rainy season show up in Ukraine. Uh, you're going to see it's going to be just like Burning Man with tanks instead of hot chicks. Just saying. And uh, it's going to be the, the Russians are going to have an option to go back on the offensive, which is going to be a, a total defeat of the Biden foreign policy uh, objectives for Ukraine. So it's it's bad all around. But I don't think the enemy quite understands how much we have left that could actually hurt them. Yeah, I, I have to say, you've gotten my attention and, uh, frankly, <laughs> concerned me even more. Uh, Gordon, be gentle. Uh, you know, this <laughs> the country right now has Joe Biden in the White House and Xi Jinping uh, as his foremost enemy uh, and a raft of others. Just uh, you, know, you can tell they're salivating at an opportunity uh, to harm the United States uh, and harm us, if not mortally, significantly. Yes. You know, Joe. Joe Biden has this desperate desire to talk to China. And because of that, he has sent four senior uh, cabinet officials to Beijing in a row. Started with Anthony Blinken, the secretary of state in June, and it's ended with Gina Raimondo just about a week ago. And the way that Xi Jinping interprets this is that Joe Biden believes that America is subordinate to China. And the reason why the Chinese leader thinks that is during the millennial era, um, the um, the era of Chinese emperors, um, you had uh, uh, vassals send their representatives to the Grand Celestial Court. And that means that Xi Jinping is seeing echoes uh, of that era. And that's why I think Xi Jinping interprets Joe Biden as being weak. Well, I, we've given plenty of uh, reason for any leader in this uh, in this world to think he's weak because he is weak. The, the number I just referred to, 39 percent approval rating, the lowest since Jimmy Carter. Uh, this man is uh, right now on his way to setting a new record uh, for modern presidents, at least in, in terms of uh, a lack of popularity and approval. Sixty nine percent of America dis. Um, disproves of everything uh, that this guy is doing, Tony. And we're talking about these, the challenges, the threats, uh, whether it's China. China is weakening as well. Uh, 8% declines uh, in their exports persist. Uh, they are a country right now, their economy, and, and the national left-wing media is not covering this as they should, but China is in real, real economic trouble. And that, that to me, creates an even greater danger uh, emanating from Beijing. Uh, I agree, Lou, and uh, the, the, their consumer price index has actually declined to the point of where 
I think it's too obvious to ignore that, that that they are truly at the at the retail level, at the level of of, of citizens living their daily lives. It's impacting the entire regime there, and uh, that to me uh, reflects on what happened with Argentina and the Falkland Islands. Uh, the, the, the Falkland Islands became a target of the Argentine government as a distraction from their internal failed economic policy. So I think uh, in many ways there's a potential for that here too. The other thing, Lou, I might mention, not to steal Gordon's thunder, is something that Gordon has mentioned before, I think, here on the show. Uh, the other thing that I think the Chinese PRC, CCP are looking at are the elections in Taiwan in January. So if you combine three factors, and I'd like to hear Gordon's, you know, chew me out if he thinks I'm wrong, but I think there are three factors that will be overlapping very rapidly within the next uh, six months in January, which is first off the Taiwanese presidential elections. I think they're going to see that as a time of potential chaos that they could take advantage of, uh, that that is the PRC, CCP, PRC. Secondly, the Biden continued failures across the board. By January, we're going to come to find, and I'm saying this with all due respect to the those who have tried to win the war, uh, the Ukrainian uh, offensive will have failed and the, the, the Russians will be back in the driver's seat, depending on uh, deciding on what's going to happen. Again, the weakness shown by the Biden administration is going to reflect in other people interpreting what they may or may not do against the United States. And third is, uh, as, as we've you just mentioned, the economic, internal economic issues, which may be even worse in China. They're looking and they and uh, Xi may be looking for a large distraction, what a, a better distraction than trying to demand that they, they they unify Taiwan back with the home country and make it one China as the part of their policy. So I think the the maximum danger regarding a crit war between China, Taiwan and, and China and us may well be towards January of next year. Uh, if they wait so long, and, and that raises the question, Gordon, I, there are the, there was so much bellicose uh, bluster emanating from the PRC uh, for so many months uh, over the course of this past year. And now in the last couple of months, there's been just nothing short of silence uh, from the from the PLA, from the CCP uh, in terms of threatening. Suddenly, it looks like they're turning a little inward uh, and reflecting on just how much they want to bluster, given the the economic problems they're now facing. Yes, you know, you have a very interesting situation because, you know, as you point out, Lou, um, internally, the economy looks like it's either growing at only one or two percent, not the 5.5 percent that they claimed for the first half of the year. Um, but it looks like it even can be contracting because those trade numbers that you referred to, you know, show that for four straight months, exports have declined. But even more important, for 11 straight months, imports have declined, showing really a failure of domestic demand. You know, and, and Tony talked about the internal situation in Taiwan with the presidential election next January. Um, there's a lot of moving parts right now. And one other thing, and that is we're seeing symptoms of turbulence inside the Communist Party itself. Um, there have been these extraordinary purges. There have been these reports of elders in the Communist Party rebuking, rebuking Xi Jinping. Um, we don't know what to make out of all this, but we can see that a lot is happening very quickly. And when that occurs, we know that the regime is in trouble. And as you point out, their best option could very well be to lash out to create some sort of foreign incident. We're talking with Gordon Chang and Tony Schaefer. We're coming right back. Please stay with us. 
you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We're back now talking with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. Uh, Tony... Yeah. Gordon is raising the issue. Uh, how soon would there be war if there is to be war? It uh, it was clear as a bell uh, just a couple of months ago that China wanted it, that, that Xi Jinping was going to have his war and on his terms. Uh, and suddenly the Biden administration, and I won't say this often, but I have to give them credit for for starting to to back up U.S. interests in Taiwan and suggesting that we will indeed back Taiwan should China attack Taiwan. Yeah, I think that's the right policy. And to quote uh, my old friend Don Rumsfeld, there's un unknown unknowns and known unknowns. And the, the known unknown that you ask me the question about is, what will China do? And and it's, it's an unknown, though, I think we, we just don't know. Gordon pointed out there's a number of factors which I think are going to be impacting directly on the Chinese leadership on, on how Xi and the other members of their Politburo function and put together a plan going forward. And frankly, I think there's going to have to be even more economic damage internally before they act, but I think they will act. And that leads me to the, the next issue relating to the question. Uh, I, I think uh, Congress authorizing $80 billion and, and this is what I find significant and, and uh, heartening, Lou, is that the, the Taiwanese are paying us. They're paying $80 billion. The authorization is for selling weapons to them, which is great. We're not giving it to them. One is buying it from us, which is an investment and I think something that's long overdue. And, yeah, I think the, the Chinese have even commented recently within the last few days about this very issue, about the fact that, that Congress authorized this, Biden authorized this, and that and the, the Taiwanese are going to be able to obtain significantly upgraded and effective technology, weapon systems, which will help defend them. And uh, I, I don't believe that CCP, the PRC, the People's Liberation Army, is anywhere near adequate in uh, coming against the United States on a one-to-one force-on-force uh, war. So I, I, I think it's good that the Taiwanese are going to be getting weapon systems that the U.S. Army currently employs and other airframes, which the U.S. Air Force currently employs as part of their defensive posture. I think it's a great thing. And it's more and again, it's more about us helping them defend themselves rather than us jumping in. And I think that's the right answer at this point. 
And uh, and Gordon, we're looking at a, a, a situation in which China is expanding rapidly its influence around the globe, whether it's now having a partnership with the Vatican in selecting bishops for crying out loud, whether it is uh, either end of the Panama Canal, whether it is rare earth uh, mining in, in Africa, uh, they're everywhere. Uh, they're on the march around the world, and the United States seems inert. Uh, and even worse, losing influence, uh, both economic and political. Your thoughts? Yes. You know, this period reminds me of the 1970s, where you had Nixon and Kissinger saying, well, you know, we have to have this policy of detente because the Soviet Union is more powerful than we are. And there really was a loss of American influence because Americans themselves acted as if they did not have the power. Um, the United States is extremely powerful country. But unfortunately, as you point out, you know, we've got a leader who is not exerting American power. And because of that, we're losing influence around the world. I mean, when we look at all sorts of these areas, Eastern Europe, North Africa, our own hemisphere, the United States, as you say, is inert. And because of that, uh, the Chinese are on the march. You know, China should be in retreat because of what's happening internally. But no, they're becoming much more aggressive and in many ways, much more effective. And that is not a helpful, <laughs> helpful development at all when it comes to U.S. Uh, policy in Asia. Uh, we are right now moving more forces, uh, but we uh, to to the to the region. Uh, and by that, I'm talking about the Indo-Pacific as well as Asia itself, trying to build a relationship with India, uh, which seems to be in some sort of detente uh, with uh, with China right now, whether it is a, a, a pause of convenience or whether it does signal something uh, in the way of closer relationships. Let's find out uh, your, your thoughts, Tony, on what the United States should be doing, because right now we're building fewer aircraft, delivering uh, fewer fighter jets. Uh, we're watching a, a defense department that seems to be with despite all of the money that's being appropriated uh, to be spending it lavishly, but not intelligently. Right. Well, let's start with the latest later first. Um, you and I have spoken about this. Uh, I, I'm for an effective defense, not an expensive defense. Uh, we all recognize from throwing money at the education system hasn't worked. So I think we need to take a hard pause internally and look at what we're spending money on. That's, we could talk about a whole show on that. Let's go back to China and India. So I, I believe it's a brief pause, Lou, in their uh, animus against each other for two reasons. First, uh, they are the two nations with the largest population in the world. There's huge resource demands to maintain those populations. Uh, that, um, that the need of both nations for protein, for water, for resources is going to inevitably, in my judgment, lead to a, a hot war eventually. They've already had border conflicts. Well, some of those border conflicts will go back to water. Uh, the Himalayas is, is the essentially the water faucet for a lot of resources, water coming down out of the mountains, going to these countries. So inevitably, there's going to be fights for natural resources. You're just not going to be able to con continue to have these large populations uh, growing without some uh, source to feed them and give them water. Uh, uh, the Chinese have spent as much on 
finding and maintaining sources of potable water, Lou, as they do on their national security, on their defense department. That's that's how much that's how important this issue is. I think it's ignored by us uh, at our own peril. Secondly, culture. I think in the end, the the uh, Indian Indian democracy actually is looking to move towards a more engaged, more inter interlocking relationship with the West regarding trade. That again bumps up against China. Uh, and I think the, the Indians being a, a democracy would be a much better trading partner than the Chinese who are communists. And uh, the Communist Party has worked to undermine our, our political and economic system for decades. So, you know, uh, it's a pretty clear choice. Do we choose someone who actually wants to be a trading partner, who's someone who wants to destroy our fundamental uh, diplomatic, uh, our, our fundamental system of governance for purposes of, of, to Gordon's point, dominating us and making us subordinate? I think the choice is pretty easy. You know, I think it is uh, is as well. But you know, so, like so many of e what seemed to us to be easy choices, over the course of time has not been easy for our, our globalist elite uh, uh, foreign uh, policy or foreign service uh, diplomatic corps. Uh, Henry Kissinger, you, you raised him earlier. Henry Kissinger, I once asked at dinner if he ever once thought about victory in Vietnam, and you know what his answer was. No. It was no. I asked I asked him once why he didn't want to develop a relationship with India uh, to as a countervailing force, uh, which is always important in economics. And John Kenneth Galbraith, uh, it was one of his favorite um, metrics, if you will. He just dismissed India. Uh, at the time that he was also in absolutely driving with every force of his being a, a greater, brighter future for, for communist China. It made no sense because yeah. whatever else India was, despite its relationship with Russia, which did create some complications, they basically are a, you know, they had to build on British colonialism, uh, which was both devastating to them, but also laid a foundation for a future that they are now grasping. We're coming right back with Tony and Gordon. Stay with us here on The Great America Show. Back now with Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. And Gordon, I want to ask you this. Uh, that influence that we were talking about of China uh, in, uh, in all sorts of ways around the globe, to hear the Pope actually say that they are going to have a joint commission on the appointment of uh, bishops was staggering, particularly the Pope being so critical of U.S. Cons Catholic conservatives. Uh, this is, a, again, an ideological alignment between the Vatican and a Marxist communist nation. Yes. And the thing about the Pope is that he had that 2000 agreement with Beijing about the Catholic Church in China. The Chinese immediately violated that agreement and they violated it over appointment of bishops. And then um, the Vatican then renews the agreement with China. And that has caused a lot of consternation among American Catholics, as well as Catholics around the world, because they realize that there is really no big basis of accommodation between the church, um, God believing in God, and a communist party that is determinately atheistic, and one which is attacking not only Catholicism, not only Christianity, but all religion. So 
Um, this is a fundamental mistake on the part of the Pope, um, where he tries to come to an accommodation with communist China. It's not working. And so um, all we can say is that maybe the Pope is um, not who we think he is. Well, I'm starting to think that most officials are not what we think they are around the around, around the globe. And uh, the name Tony Blinken comes immediately oh, yeah. to mind, uh, pledging a billion dollars more for Ukraine, including three. And I love this, including 300 million for law enforcement. Uh, I, I mean, this is uh, it's it's like an operetta. The, the uniforms mean nothing. They just do they sing uh, in the case of Blinken. Does he simply deliver? Uh, he, who gave him the authority to pledge anything to anyone at any time? Where is the Congress and why is this why is this administration ruling by fiat without opposition from even the Republican Party, let alone any faction that happened to be moderate? Uh, which obviously most uh, there would be a very small number of Democrats. But nonetheless, your thoughts, Tony. So, yeah, I, I'm flabbergasted that we don't have more uh, conservatives pushing back on this. I mean, there's a handful and, and they're, they're they're vocal, but obviously not in the uh, in leadership to stop this. Let's break this down for a minute. Uh, Three hundred million for law enforcement. Uh, gee, I think that probably means defending their borders and their own internal security, which Joe Biden won't do that here. And uh, talk about a slap in the face, a twofer slap in the face. Think about this, Lou. Zelensky just fired the defense minister and a handful of other officers for corruption. And then the next thing you're going to do is give them another billion dollars to a corrupt nation. Are you kidding me? And at the same time they're doing this, Biden won't visit uh, Palestine, Ohio. Uh, the devastation there makes this, uh, this completely idiotic uh, photo op down in Florida. And then to this day, despite the fact that everybody's called us out on both sides of the aisle, they're only giving $700 per family uh, for, in, in Maui for those who lost everything. And when you contrast that with literally buckets of, of money going to Ukraine, I don't know how anybody who was an American, I don't care what party you are, how people can uh, allow this massive spending to a corrupt nation who is going to ultimately lose the war because of their comp incompetence and our leadership's incompetence and ignoring the plight of citizens in Maui to the devastation they're living. I don't know how anybody accepts that. And, and a lot of us speak out, Lou, but the very people in charge aren't willing to hold Biden accountable to these great uh, failures of policy. Well, I think that there's a, a great demonstration, a metaphor created by Mitch McConnell, who, who finds himself paralyzed for at least 30 seconds in the middle of remarks to the press uh, on two occasions, at least that we know of. Uh, and uh, after being examined by a doctor who came up with what I think is a line of malarkey, but nonetheless, uh, he comes out in his first statement of all the statements he could make in all the world. Mitch McConnell decides that we need to get money. Joe Biden needs to get more money to the Ukrainians faster. This yeah. is the kind of mindlessness. There's no other word for it. It's just mindlessness on the part of the Republican leadership on Capitol Hill, whether it's Kevin McCarthy, whether it's Mitch McConnell, uh, John Thune, uh, John Barrasso, uh, you know, and that cast of uh, sophomorics uh, that they call leadership in the U.S. Senate. 
Lou, I understand the, the Ukraine war is not being prosecuted well, and Joe Biden's failure in leadership is evident. Um, there is a bigger story here, though, and that is that China sees this not as a battle between Russians and Ukrainians, but they see it as a proxy war for the future, and that is between China and the United States. So we've got to find some way to win this thing. It's going to be hard, but if we don't, I believe that Xi Jinping will think that he can then move against Taiwan, Japan, the Philippines, maybe India, and we're going to see a wider war. The reason why this is so important is because there is a war, of course, in Eastern Europe that everybody knows about. But there's also a war in North Africa that China and Russia are prosecuting. They are fueling insurgencies that are looking like wars. They are toppling governments one right after the other. It seems like one every two weeks. And if we have war not only in Eastern Europe, but also in North Africa, and we have a war in East Asia, then that's World War III. And so we're going to be living in a world which, um, and we're going to have to be fighting it, because if there's a war in East Asia, China is going to almost certainly attack the United States on the first day. It's not going to be a decision, oh, do we defend Taiwan? It's going to be, what do we do about the Chinese attacks on American forces in Okinawa and on Guam, sovereign American territory? And by the way, the Chinese are actually thinking of going after Hawaii. So this is getting far more serious than most Americans realize. Well, I, I would say that the Americans would realize in a very quick hurry that if they took Hawaii, that we would be at war. But uh, Gordon, I have to say, this is a this is a little neocon of you, if I may say. <laughs> the idea of fighting a war to prevent a war—I I, I mean, peace through strength—and uh, and and we, if we have to kill the son of a guns, uh, we'll have to do that for peace. I, I, I mean, I don't under I, you and I very seldom disagree, but uh, on this, I not only disagree, but I do so vehemently. Uh, I am sick and tired of us sending off American soldiers to Laos, to lands that uh, have no interest to the United States, uh, that we would prosecute a war uh, to prevent a war with China? No way in the world. Let's fight a war with China if we must, but for our own interests, our own survival, and not for some distant, remote nonsense that puts U.S. soldiers, by the way, we have them in 160 countries around the world. It's madness what we're doing. This is a time for a modest foreign policy, not, not a just uh, reflexive, uh, reactionary uh fight uh, to police the world. I'm, I'm, I'm well, Lou, this is, this is not a normal time. We have had... And the, they never the, are. They never are. Yeah. But what we have right now, Lou, is uh, the result of a complete failure of American policy over the course of two decades, probably three decades. And now we are presented only with the world's worst choices. Now, if we had better policies before... We would have peace. This is that basically if we had Reagan, peace through strength, we'd never be in this position. But the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan convinced Putin that he could move against Ukraine. Putin also has designs on Poland and the Baltics. We have seen him pressure them even during the Ukraine war. So it's not going to end there. And as much as we would like to be able to determine where we're going to fight, that's already gone. Through bad American policy, we do not have choices. We are now being backed into a corner. 
So think of this as like 1949, maybe, maybe even, sorry, 1941. This is where we are. This is the situation that we have put ourselves. Uh, well, we is a very narrow, is a big word for very few people. Uh, the, the Marxist Dem Party in this country had the, had the audacity, the ignorance to put uh, two impaired uh, politicians uh, into the top two positions of power in the United States. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, no one in this country could convince me that either one of them have an average IQ or are even remotely competent. Yet that's what the Democrat Party did because they have a cabal of Marxist lefts, uh, leftists uh, that they want to run the country. And this is what we get. And we allowed an election to be stolen, the lies to prevail over truth for four years now. And it has to end here. We do have a decision. We do have a choice. And our choice should be to bring all of the energy of this country together uh, to focus on our national interest and to restore our borders, uh, to assure the freedom of the American people, not diminish it as this administration and the Obama administration have. Uh, the freedom of speech is under uh, is hanging on as a constitutional right by a thread right now. Our courts are corrupt. Our Department of Justice and our FBI and our federal government is under the control of the Marxist Dems. The American people do not control our own government. The consent of the governed is a sad joke. They don't require our consent, only our obedience. And, right. oh, God help us if we dissent. Uh, so anytime I hear somebody say they want to send our, our young men and women uh, overseas to fight a war, to stop a war, Gordon, I'm going to yell from the rooftops, no more. Fight for this country, damn it, but for not another damn thing, period. We had four years of peace under Trump, and, and that showed you where you have a good policy, you have the ability to control outcomes, you have peace. Unfortunately, we don't have that, because I agree with everything you said about Biden and Harris, as well as about Obama. They have created this situation. We don't like it, but unfortunately, it's not a question of anything moral of what we like or don't like. This is where we are. This is 1941. This is 9-11. You know, you have bad policy for long enough. You are put into the point, point of uh, being able not to determine your future anymore. So if I could jump in just one minute. Look, yes, I, please. I, I, Gordon, we're not going to win Ukraine. It's not in the numbers unless there are, is a direct deployment of an outside force that is significantly uh, equivalent to the Russians Ukraine is going to lose. It is, it is just a numbers game. I am not on either side. I always say this in my interviews. Heck, uh, London Center right now is constantly being attacked because I call out Putin being a thug. I just had a troll I was dealing with on Twitter. So I am not taking sides. I'm simply looking at this as a, as an equation of numbers based on the st strategic failure of this administration. So, and, and, and I understand what you're saying, Gordon, because of the perception of the loss. I get it because I'm a Reagan guy and I understand perception management. Uh, you know, Bud McFarlane and others were my friends and mentors. Uh, but 
There's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the war based on the fact you have, as you point out, a completely incompetent, feckless leader in, in the form of Joe Biden and all of his minions. And uh, Victoria Newland, uh, Jake Sullivan were the ba- the wrong guys. If you wanted to win, they should not have been in charge. You needed a Norman Schwarzkopf. They didn't pick a Schwarzkopf. They picked someone who's feckless and weak, uh, someone who'd be uh, essentially brought up on soy and has no ability to 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 to, to lead. Jake Sullivan. So it's it's so if if we're not going to win, then we have to figure out what we're going to do. And and that's where I think we have to recognize that China may well have the impression that we are vulnerable and will lose. I don't think we will. I think there's enough of a of a of a solid iron core to the military that is still there beneath the soft chiffon plastic that the Biden administration has tried to put on top of it. But that's what we need to do is remind them that if you do act against Taiwan, if you do act against our interests, there will be consequences that you don't fully understand. And Reagan was great with that, of implying threats, making sure that they didn't quite know what we we're going to do, but do something. And and that may have to be done by individuals who are not in government right now. But I, I think that's our only option to deter China, because Biden can't do it. And I just don't think there's no indications we're going to see any victory in Ukraine anytime soon. And with that, uh We've got time for just one more comment from each of you, Um, because I'm going to say this as an American. The reason I do this show is because I believe we do have choices as Americans. We do not surrender our volition or our independence uh, ever. Uh, And uh, we certainly can't surrender it to the demands uh, of foreign powers who uh, seek uh, who seek us uh, and our power uh, to intervene. We have a fifth of our fighting men right now in the eastern flank of Europe right now. And it's absolutely insane that we are there. Where are our allies? What is rational about anything that is being done? Their rationality uh, went out the door on January 21st of 2017. We have a choice and we better damn well be making them and standing up for it and talking straight. This is not a country that it was designed in any way by our founders uh, to be intervening in foreign uh, conflicts uh, that are not of a, a national uh, interest, uh, our national interest. And I, I, I would fight anyone in this country who thinks that we should be sending our troops forward uh, into conflicts. Uh, I happen to agree 100 percent with President Trump. It is time to withdraw our forces from abroad and 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 without any question, work on this country's destiny, not that of others. Uh, Gordon. Well, China has made it clear that it is the world's only legitimate state and that every other country is nothing more than a vassal. And they even talk about the moon and Mars as sovereign Chinese territory. So. We can think about tactics, but the point is we face the most consequential moment in history and indeed perhaps the most dangerous moment in history. And this is going to be our legacy. I can agree with you everything you said about President Trump. I agree with everything you say about President Biden. But we uh, do not have a choice at this point because of bad policy. Unfortunately, we've got aggressors on the move, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea. And they have made it clear that their goal is to destroy the United States of America. You get the last word, Tony. I think that 
The significant factors, as Gordon pointed out, are the Chinese have declared that they are going to be the dominant power in the world, period. That is their stated policy goal. Um, Mark Miller. So what? So what? So what? I mean, who cares what they state as the goal? The state of the state is in our hands. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Very quickly, if you will. I I apologize for interjecting. Yeah. No. So but I'm just saying that that Mark Milley has told me to my face, Lou, that that's what they seek to do. So the fact that the Biden administration has ignored. Did you did you slap him back? At the time, I was on the transition team, so I figured that would probably have not reflected well on President Trump and the incoming team. So uh, maybe it would have. And so but my point being is that that we have recognized that that there is a sincere uh, enemy, if you can call it sincere. They're they're very sincere in their desire to dominate the planet. We have to understand that and accept that at face value. And I don't think the Biden administration has come to terms with that or uh, not as much as they should. I do believe we have uh, military strength. But that strength has been subordinated to the the woke politics of DEI and the Biden administration, and uh, it, it may well invite enemies to challenge us. And I think that's the path we're on right now. Challenges and threats we'll always have, but our own destiny still remains in our hands as the uh, most powerful nation on Earth. And to think that we would squander it because our feckle uh, allies in Europe cannot match either economically or militarily uh, their responsibilities to uh, a nation uh, that rests on their border that is under assault by Russia is madness in and of itself. Uh, But there is, as we've discussed today, a lot of madness in this world. I would like to see us restore our nation to sanity as quickly as possible. And we thank you both for uh, joining in that effort. Uh, Gordon Chang, Tony Schaefer, thanks so much for being with us here on The Great America Show. Thank you, Lou. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tony Schaefer and Gordon Chang. Thank you, everybody, for being with us here today. Have a great weekend. God bless you, and may God bless and save America. America.